Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Do you send money internationally? This is becoming more common around the globe for both business and personal reasons. We live in a time of travel, and with that comes the need for our money to travel too. Luckily for all of us, sending money abroad is no longer the difficult, expensive thing it used to be, especially when you use TransferWise. Why should you use TransferWise, you might wonder? Well, three syllables, exchange rate. When you send money abroad with most providers, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate. They mark it up and then they keep the difference for themselves. But TransferWise is different. TransferWise uses clever new technology so you always get the real rate when you convert currencies. It lets you send money quickly and seamlessly between over 70 currencies. And TransferWise even has a multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies and convert them whenever you like. You pay only one small upfront fee and more of your money makes it to the other side. That's why The Economist says TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that other services charge. But you don't need to take their word for it. More than 4 million people are already saving. Sign up right now at TransferWise.com slash yoga to test it out for free or download the app. That's TransferWise.com slash yoga or download the app. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. And I am so damn happy right now that I can actually speak these words out loud and I can enunciate and you guys can actually hear what I say. <laughs> I was really worried yesterday that I wouldn't be able to talk today and that we would have kind of a messed up podcast this week because of that. I had to go in and have emergency dental. I don't know. Is it still called surgery? <laughs> If it's easy, <laughs> I don't know. I had to kind of have an emergency tooth extraction, I guess it's called, yesterday. And it was it was kind of one of those moments where you're in it and you don't really know how it happened. And then yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into all of that because there's definitely been some wisdom dropping into my space from dealing with my wisdom tooth. But how about we take a moment right here, right now, and just ground into our bodies. Let's close our eyes if we have the space to. 
If you have your legs crossed, see if you can uncross them and try to really ground down through the soles of the feet. That's one of the things, kind of one of my go-tos if I'm feeling a need to ground is I tend to always cross my right leg over my left. We all have that preferred side. And I just uncross my legs, plant the feet firmly onto the earth, whatever ground I'm at or wherever I am at. And feeling that sensation of the soles of my feet pressing into the floor beneath me, pressing into the earth beneath me. So I, I like to believe that it helps us connect with the earth energy when both the feet are planted evenly on the ground. And we take that conscious moment just to feel into our alignment for a second. For me, it's, it's really hard to not cross my legs, but I try to think about that throughout the day to uncross them, to cross them the other way around. You know, I like to brush my teeth with my left hand if I can. It's good to change things up and find balance. So in this moment here now, just grounding into the soles of the feet, take a moment to tap in. Take a moment to feel what it's like to be in your body in this moment. With everything that life has brought you, with whichever life situation you're in right now, whatever kind of day you've had, just kind of sitting with the space. Perhaps today you felt challenged. Perhaps today you're in this huge place of flow. Perhaps you're confused. Maybe you feel clear. Just whatever is here, take a moment to notice that right now. And if you feel like, hmm, I don't quite know what I'm feeling and I'm not really there, then maybe give yourself a little extra time just to really connect to the breath, to feel the subtle energy of the body. Notice if you can feel any warmth anywhere specific in the body. If you can notice that you're automatically directing some awareness to one part of the body or another. Noticing how the breath is flowing in and out of the nose. Just use all of these tools that you have. The breath, body awareness, mindfulness to ground into the here and now. And what we're looking for just like I love this format of podcasting because we can open up a little bit of space between words and find moments of silence here. And what we're looking for is exactly that, just a little bit of space in between all the noise, a little bit of silence around the thoughts, a little bit of space perhaps between each thought that passes across your mind or through your mind. Essentially, that what I, that's what I think or what I feel meditation is all about. It's just creating that space between our thoughts and then allowing for that space to grow longer and longer with practice. So we don't have to have this incessant, never-ending you know, stream of thoughts and judgments and things going through our minds all the time, but that we have the ability to, when we need it, drop in and elongate the space in between each one. Some days that's easier than others. Some days it's really hard. So I like to include the thoughts and my mind and ego into whatever I'm doing. So instead of trying to shut all of that off, which is a really sort of <laughs> challenging idea, I don't think it works that way. It would be nice if it did. But, you know, if there was an on or off switch for the mind so we could just tap into absolute bliss and serenity, it's challenging to do that. So perhaps in this moment, if you just listening to that inner voice, that inner stream of thoughts that you might be hearing right now. Just every time you find one of those thoughts popping into your head, send it a little love. And that's just a shift of energy. So instead of fighting the mind, we 
bring some compassion toward it instead. So perhaps today you've been sitting with some judgment, perhaps some struggle. Maybe you're going through something difficult when someone, you know, dear to you or in relationship, perhaps you're, you know, we all have something going on and see if it's just for a few more moments right here, right now, you can bring some compassion into that conversation that you're having with yourself right now. Some compassion into that story, some compassion toward your thoughts, your worries, your fears. And just knowing that in this moment, as you are, you are already doing the best you can. And everything you've done up until now really is the best you could have done with what you were given. So you're trying really hard. You're fighting really hard to make everything work in your life. And perhaps right now, all you need is a little bit of recognition of that, of just knowing that, yeah, hmm, I'm doing the best I can. And for me, just speaking that sentence out loud, I'm doing the best I can, it made me automatically place my hand to my heart and go, yeah. My whole being just softened a little bit. I'm doing the best I can. Oh, aren't we all? Let's take a, another really deep breath in through the nose. Open the mouth and let it go. Hmm. And if you want, you can open your eyes and hello, good morning, I almost said, even though it's not even morning where I am right now, but hi and, you know, nice, nice to sit here with you right now. I've been having a, yeah, <laughs> where do I begin? Last week's episode, I think I left off with, it was kind of in the beginning of this little social media phone screen technology hiatus that I've been through, just taking a little break little break turned into a longer break than I had planned. So I think it was June 28th. Yeah, it was our, our uh, wedding anniversary for me and Dennis. I took 24 hours without my phone and then really enjoyed it. Took another day. And then Dennis went swimming with my phone and then I, I had no phone. And I just had this big, you know, moment of, oh, the universe is trying to tell me that I need some space. I need some silence. I've been spending way too much time with a screen in my face lately. So yeah, done. Done is done. Enough. Yeah, that was two weeks ago. Um, or 13 days ago now. So I, 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 I've had a, the past week has been really good and really challenging for me. One of the first things, and I kind of talked about this in the last episode of this show, one of the first things that came up when I don't have that go-to, which what it, it had become for me, this kind of go-to in moments of stress or in moments of confusion or whenever I felt unsettled. I had gotten into this habit over the past couple of weeks where I reached for my phone instead. And it's actually not who I really am. I've never been one of those people who scroll and scroll and scroll. I'm really good at being healthy with my social media usage, at least. I think I spend a lot of time, you know, with my emails and my WhatsApp messages and kind of for work and things like that. I pick up my phone a lot to do work-related things because I work for my phone. But it's just lately that I've been kind of getting into this endless loop of scrolling through things that don't even matter to me. <laughs> really, in the big scheme of things, they really don't. And the more I've done that, the worse I've felt. So it's been this kind of negative cycle that I've been creating of feeling uneasy, reaching for my phone, getting sucked into an endless pit of Instagram stuff, and then feeling more uneasy than I did before, and then staying on my phone. So yeah, I think that's really, really, really unhealthy. 
And I think, yeah, because I, I'm not eating sugar anymore. I'm not, you know, drinking alcohol like I used to. I'm not, I don't have any of the fun little vices of, you know, baking and eating sweets and things like I used to do in a pretty balanced way, I think, with this diet that I'm dealing with right now. I don't have any of that. So I think I kind of increased my phone usage because of that. It's like I had to make it up somehow. And it's been, it's been really beautiful to not have that at all. And what I'm, what I'm kind of realizing is all those little in-between moments, even if I'm not feeling uneasy, even if it's just a totally neutral moment or a positive moment, whenever I've found myself in a place of quiet or in a place in between or in a place where I'm uh, waiting for something. So a really good example is like we're in the car, Dennis is going to go get gas. He steps out of the car to fill the car with gas and I would automatically pick up my phone and be like, okay, what can I do right now? <laughs> you know, is there something I can check off my to-do list or can I answer that email and get that thing out or post that thing on Instagram and I'm just doing or at the grocery store and then I end up in line at the grocery store and instead of just, you know, standing there, <laughs> I pick up my phone and I do something on my phone or I'm at, you know, at the coffee shop, like waiting for my car, whatever. All of those in-between moments have been my absolute 100% go-to moment to pick up my phone and really stay there. And what I realized, which of course this is super obvious, but I haven't actually realized that it's been affecting me in a negative way to not have those moments of in-between space that I used to have in my life that I think we all had in our lives before the era of social media and smartphones, where when in all of those moments are either opportunities to be bored, which I actually think is a really good thing. I don't know. It's kind of weird to say. I used to think it's boredom as this like, oh, so terrible and being bored and not having anything to do. And I want to be productive all the time. But literally waiting in line to do something like at the post office or for groceries or whatever, that downtime of not doing anything specific, I think is really important to have. It's like a little bit of space of of nothing. You know, we have so much excitement in our lives all the time. We have an unbelievable amount of information directed at us all day, every day. The whole universe is going, look at this. This is so important. Or look at this drama over here. Can you believe this happened? Or look at me, look at me, look at me, listen to this, read this, watch that. It, it's never ending. And if it's not on your phone, it's on your computer, on your TV, it's in ads, magazines, it's everywhere just information coming our way and I think those moments of being bored in the in-between have been a really beautiful way to balance out all of this excess this excessive information that's being directed at us all the time and now with smartphones we don't have that anymore and I can kind of you know, I, I can I can only imagine as, you know, Leia Luna is growing older and also parenting. And I remember being little, being bored, you know, in the car. Like, you don't have anything to do in, in the car if you were driving somewhere. I've chosen to not give Leia Luna an iPad or screens or whatever for a reason. I also know that it's it can be a really big part of self-care. You know, if you're a single mom or if life is really overwhelming or a single parent to have that little, you know, the ability to grab that device when you need it. But I see these days a lot of kids on their iPads all the time, like getting picked up from daycare, getting in the car, driving the five minutes home with, a, with an iPad in their face. And I don't, I don't want to be judgmental at all. And, and I, really, I really don't think I, I am really, you know, I know everybody's busy and we do what we can to get by 100%. But I think when we were kids, like our generation and older generations, and we just kind of did nothing in the in-between space, it's a really good practice of patience, honestly. And I can kind of really, you know, whenever we're driving anywhere, even if it's far or boring and Leiluna, she's looking out the window and then she's 
commenting on things that she sees or we're talking about her day or what's going on and I think those moments are really important we're at the grocery store line like we're all kind of present with the madness of each other if we're not there on our phones and it's so obvious like of course we need these moments of boredom but I think smartphones have completely eradicated any possibility for boredom or just space of nothingness so that's something that I really noticed now in these two weeks of not having a phone is one how much every single person does it everyone I know 100% everyone I know above the age of five I mean everyone I know every person I see anywhere all the time is always on their fucking phone (laughs) and of course it's like one of those things you don't notice when you're on your phone too right but literally like and I find myself in these moments like at the grocery store line kind of looking around recognizing that hey these are all moments where we could actually connect and talk more with each other like I would go to a coffee house or a coffee shop and I would talk to the barista making my coffee right or like interact with someone in line or like you kind of look up you look people in the eye like there's no opportunity for that anymore because every single person is looking down And I've been looking down for a really long time. Maybe you're looking down all day long too. And it's just been kind of a way, I think, that I've been closing myself off in a really unnecessary way. Like I don't need to do all that stuff on my phone all day long. I really, really, really don't. And I think the beauty of having a job and going to an office, even if it's you're working from home, to have that little office space of turning on and saying, this is work. And then turning off and going, okay, I'm running errands now, or I'm with my family now, or I'm doing something else. But then I've been using all of those in-between moments where I feel like, okay, I'm not being productive now or whatever, to continue working, to keep sending emails, to keep, like I've been reading my manuscript of my book, like I've been doing really, really big things, like actually big pieces of work that I do on my phone all day, which may be convenient. But it also means I work all day long. <laughs> it means I wake up in the morning and I start working and I don't stop until I go to bed. Like that's not healthy. Holy shit. Even if it's just a little bit of work, you know, it's not like we're slaving in the coal mines all day. I mean, come on. It's like a little bit of lighthearted checking in with texts or emails or social or whatever it is, whatever kind of work you do. That stuff adds up and not in a sense of oh I'm working so hard I can't you know can't keep up this way in a sense of there not being any actual genuine downtime like the only real 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 downtime I have is when I'm completely present with the baby and I know I, I like to leave my phone in the hallway when I enter the house or when I'm in yoga class because I obviously don't bring my phone to yoga or when I'm teaching or you know I have these pockets when it's impossible to bring the phone but everywhere else like honestly we try to do this thing whenever we go out to dinner to not bring our phones at all like leave the phones in the car or you know leave the phones in our pockets and then we have a full-on dinner and then I'll go to the bathroom and I come back and then Dennis is on his phone and then he's on his phone so I'm like oh maybe I should just check if I got that answer that question that I asked like two hours ago And then I pick up my phone and then all of a sudden we've lost like 15 minutes of our dinner because we're like doing stuff, not with each other. Does anybody else recognize this? (laughs) Maybe I'm making this into a really big deal right now, but it's just having these two weeks of not having this opportunity to even pick up my phone at all. I kind of feel like the times in my life, also especially these past couple of months, but when I haven't been drinking at all. And then going out to like a party or a dinner party or doing something, being completely sober, realizing how weirdly intense everybody else gets when they're drinking, like being the only sober person in a, in a setting where everyone drinks, you suddenly realize like, hey, it's kind of weird. <laughs> 
you know, but then when you're drinking, you're enjoying your wine. It's the best thing ever. Like nothing's weird about that at all. I kind of feel the same way now. I'm just like looking around like it's kind of weird. <laughs> but then I know when inevitably I have a phone again, I'm going to be like, oh, it's not weird. It's just normal and everybody does it and it's convenient and whatever. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. There's nothing quite like a good night's sleep or snuggling in bed with your husband, your baby girl, and your dogs. We have a pretty big family at my house and our bed is there for all of us. What makes a great bed is finding the mattress that's right for you, one that's both comfortable and supportive. So I'm super stoked to introduce to you guys the Hybrid Collection by Casper. Five years ago, Casper revolutionized the mattress industry by making it easier than ever to buy a premium foam mattress. Not just any foam mattress, but a pressure-relieving, award-winning, luxuriously comfortable foam mattress. Today, they're building on that legacy with a new line of mattresses that combine the best of both worlds. The pressure relief of the foam mattress with durable yet gentle springs for resilient support. With elevated lift support, increased airflow for cooling, durability for all body types, and enhanced edge support too, Casper's new mattress has come with all you want and all you didn't realize you need for that life-changing night's sleep. You can be sure of your purchase and give it a try with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Even with springs, these mattresses still magically come in a box that simply arrives on your doorstep for ease and comfort from A to Z. Casper has everything you need to create the perfect sleep environment and the perfect cuddle party. Give them a try today. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash yoga girl and using yoga girl at the checkout. That's casper.com slash yoga girl using promo code yoga girl at the checkout for $100 towards select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. It's been a, a really eye-opening thing for me to not to realize how we don't give ourselves those moments of boredom and we also lose a lot of opportunities of actual genuine connection when we're constantly on the phone. So I think especially for anyone with any kind of social anxiety, the phone has kind of become what the newspaper or the magazine or the book used to be, like a way to not have to interact with anyone. Like if you have your phone up, no one's going to talk to you. No one's going to, you know, it's a really great way to tell the whole world, I'm unapproachable. I'm very busy right now. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you. I'm doing something else. And I just, I, I, found, I found myself over the past two weeks having a lot of really genuinely interesting conversations with people that I think I never would have spoken to if I had my phone on me. And it's been great. <laughs> it's been really great. It's been, you know, I, it's not like I, I haven't met a new spiritual teacher or, you know, anything like that. It's been daily kind of mundane day-to-day -day conversations with people I normally wouldn't talk to because I would be doing stuff on my device. It might sound really small, but it's been really fucking great. So that's like one big thing that I'm really planning to keep and this is kind of the hard thing I find with phone usage and for me it wasn't just social media like I literally haven't had a phone so it's kind of either you're in or you're out <laughs> it's really hard at least it is for me to have a phone and then not use it at all because inevitably I get to places where like oh shit I have to write this down or I use my notes app I don't even bring like a journal and a pen anymore which I used to do everywhere I just use my notes app it's way easier but then I open my phone, I go into that app and then all of a sudden, you know, there's like my email app is there too. And then I just inevitably get to a new app and then before I know it, I've lost 30 minutes of my life just doing phone stuff. And a big realization for me is I don't want to live like that. <laughs> I really don't want to live like that. I really, 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 really don't want to live like that. I don't want to be that person that's constantly walking around with my, with my phone. I don't want to be that person with my phone in my face. 
I don't want to be unapproachable. I don't want to miss out on beautiful moments that happen around me because I'm doing bullshit stuff. I really don't. Do I want to, you know, get rid of the idea of ever having a smartphone ever again? Also, no. There's, of course, beautiful parts of the of the online community, of the social media community, of, you know, there's the convenience of being able to work from anywhere is amazing. The convenience of being able to do these important things and be efficient and, you know, have a work day on the go and all that is really good and, I you know, valuable. But there's also a big gray area where I think time is lost, actually. I think I'm being productive, but because I have the whole day to spend on my device, I'm not as productive as I would have been. And then also this gray area of of getting sucked into things that aren't important. And that's what I'm looking to define right now. Like that's been my big takeaway from these two weeks without a device is I need to really get super, super clear of when am I spending valuable time on this phone or whatever it is. And when am I getting you know, when am I just wasting time or when am I missing opportunities to be really present in whatever situation I am and I'm just, yeah, bored and scrolling through my phone or feeling anxious and scrolling through my phone or jumping between the same apps, you know, for like long time, (laughs) for a really long time, going between Instagram and then Facebook and then my mail app and then, you know, it's just no, 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 (laughs) I've had it, I'm not going to do it. So I actually, I, 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 I don't know how it's going to, how it's going to go. It was two friends of ours were just in the States. They came back today actually and brought me a new phone. So I have a new phone. I haven't opened the box. I haven't actually, I haven't even seen it. It's at the office and I'm kind of feeling like, Ooh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to get back to phone life. But I also know I'm getting into a teacher training starting on Friday. I'm going to need my phone. People need to communicate with me. I have to communicate with a team. You know, I need to make playlists. I need to do stuff. Okay. So it's like this necessary evil I feel right now, but I'm definitely feeling much more negative toward the idea of the smartphone than I did two weeks ago. I, I really, really, really am. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been like a little, like I've done a little scientific experiment with myself and everybody's different. You know, I have, I have friends who are super good, you know, who don't work, who have work that doesn't involve their phones at all. And, you know, who are really, really good with putting the phone away all the time. I, I like to believe I have a harder time than regular people because I, a lot of my work is through social media and a lot of my work is through this online community that we've built. So how can I keep the beauty of that and the joy of that? creation and not get lost in the things that actually drain me because a lot of oh there are these huge like dark areas of Instagram that just make me really sad <laughs> to know that they even exist and I don't want to spend any time looking at things that doesn't fill me up or bring me energy or motivate me you know it's it's I think I think we all should get a little bit more <sighs> careful with how we choose to spend our day Honestly, we don't we don't get that many days in a lifetime. We we get a limited amount of days. And how are we spending that time? How much time are we spending creating the kind of life that we want? How much time are we spending really interacting and talking to our friends, our loved ones, looking up at the sky, spending time in nature? You know, the more time we spend on our phone, the less space there is left for all of that. And I also think that energetically, it's that I don't know how to explain it. For me, it's more of a feeling than anything else. That when I've been consecutive days without looking at a phone at all there's this sort of 
it's like you enter another kind of vibration where you're automatically more connected to nature. Where I wake up in the morning and I don't feel anxious. And when it's just, I get those reminders to be really present, to look up, to take deep breaths. All of that comes easier when there's no smartphone involved in my life. And I kind of wish that 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 wasn't the case, but that's just the truth for me right now. So um, yeah, I, I kind of had a little reintroduction to social media yesterday <laughs> where I uh, I shared a, a post and a story on Instagram. I, I don't know why I chose yesterday to do that. I just kind of, I was in this hilarious, very real life, not at all glamorous or inspiring looking moment. And I felt like I wanted to share that. I had this feeling of like, oh, I miss sharing weird stuff <laughs> with people <laughs> who listen and read what I write. So yesterday, <laughs> where do I begin? Okay, these couple of weeks, everything's been, you know, I've been very grounded, no phone. I've been getting through my work. I've been spending so much time with the baby and Dennis. It's been really, really, really good. And on Friday, I start a 23-day yoga teacher training. And in the past trainings and retreats that I've had, I've been sick, really sick or about to get sick or just coming out of sickness or feeling really low on energy or I've had something, something, something. And now for teacher training, I've been feeling so good, like really healthy, good. I'm, you know, on track with everything. I feel, I feel ready to take this teacher training on. And then I've had this kind of voice in the back of my head, not nagging at me, but a little worried, you know, hmm, like what, what if something happens right before the training? And I've voiced it even, I was telling Dennis, I was like, I feel like before every program, something happens, something that inhibits me from, you know, being there 1000%. It's like either I'm sick or something is going on. I don't know. And I'm just, everything is good right now. And I'm just waiting for something to happen. And he's like, stop, you're going to attract it. And the next day I woke up with a massive tooth pain. So I have this wisdom tooth, my upper left side of my jaw that kind of poked through the skin of my gums a couple of months ago. I was in Sweden. I went to the dentist and uh, they did an x-ray and they say, oh, this is the one wisdom tooth you have. You have no like other I guess they're not there. There's no other ones that are coming. I don't know how to say amlog in English, but that's like the hereditary thing that you have that creates them. I guess I don't have that. I only have one. And she said, oh, and you know, it looks really clean and it, it's like it's not going to bother you. And actually, you might have this for years and years and years. Like there's no need to take this out right now because I didn't have any pain. I could just feel that there's a tooth coming. That's it. No pain. Just kind of I could feel it with my finger if I put my finger in my mouth. So I said, okay, great, no problem. And then fast forward a couple of months, I woke up in the morning now a few days ago with just this massive, ma like it came out of nowhere. It went from no pain, no feeling to in so intense, I couldn't open my mouth. And over the course of yesterday, it just got worse and worse and worse and worse until at the end of the day, I was like, I can't even chew. I can't even eat. I can only eat like a smoothie or a soup. Like I can't, this is no bueno at all. I cannot go into a 23-day teacher training not able to open my mouth. Like literally, I have 23 days of speaking all day long, teaching, lecturing, talking. Uh, this is like, you know, and I had that feeling of, oh my God, this is the thing that was coming. <laughs> Whether or not I manifested it, I'm not sure. So I decide to call the dentist. They didn't have any times. They just said, okay, if you come tomorrow, that's 24 hours from now, you can have a time to see the dentist and we can see what's going on. And I was like, that's going to be Wednesday and then at Friday the training begins so what if I go there on Wednesday they realize something is up and then I need a schedule like a surgery and then that will happen on what Thursday or Friday and then I'm like I, I can't start this training like 
without having recovered. Like, I'm like, no, 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 this will not happen now at all. I'm like, it's going to have to wait a month. So I kind of was like, okay, what can I do to make it through this month without pain and being able to talk and open my mouth? So I was wondering, like, maybe they can just kind of clean it really well. What if I had a little infection or something? Maybe there's like food stuck there and that's why it was painful. I just kind of thought, like, I'm going to go to the dentist. They're going to rinse it or something. <laughs> that's what I thought. And they're going to tell me everything is fine. You'll wake up tomorrow and the pain will be gone. That was my plan. And then last minute, I decided, hey, I, I don't want to wait the 24 hours for my appointment. I'm just going to go and go to the emergency clinic because it hurts so bad. So I drive there. <laughs> I had to wait forever. I mean, it was like the emergency clinic, so it's really busy. I had to wait forever. And here's a very important part of this story. I have massive, massive, paralyzing fear of the dentist. I mean, and not like of the dentist. As a person, you know, I'm okay with going in for like a checkup, like that's okay. A teeth cleaning even, like I can manage. But if there's like a cavity or I have this kind of, I think some sort of trauma, like when I was little, I had to have a, a cavity Oh my God, I don't know these terms in English. Like a, you drill into the tooth. I don't know, I was, I was a teenager. And the, the dentist that I had just kind of shoved the needle into my gums and for the local anesthetic. And it was so unbelievably painful. The anesthetic, like the needle going into my gums that I kind of jerked my face to the side and it made everything so much worse. And it was just this total panicky thing. And then all I remember from that time was that he was like drilling into my tooth and I could feel it and it hurt and I had to stop and put more anesthetic and then I still felt it but it was this kind of oh you know this awful 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 like kind of high-pitched pain you guys know what I mean that tooth pain when they kind of hit a nerve okay I'm getting like terrible chills just talking about it it was horrible 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 so since then and I was also thinking I don't know my mom also has a massive fear of the dentist her dad my grandpa was an oral surgeon and he was like a very academically very accomplished oral surgeon who he worked for the royal family in Sweden he was like this superstar dentist oral surgeon guy um, he passed away before I was born so I, I never got to meet him but so whenever my mom went to the school and then they have once a year where the whole class would go to the dentist that's kind of how it worked she would always say oh you know my dad does that for me at home but he didn't <laughs> so she didn't have to go so she had like years of not going to the dentist and she would say, oh, my dad does that. And they were like, of course he does, you know, and then she wouldn't have to go to the dentist. And she built up this massive fear after not having gone for years where she was convinced. And, you know, so she has this massive, massive fear and kind of some traumas around tooth stuff. And I don't know if I've taken some of that on because I don't only have that one memory of something going wrong at the dentist. That's it. And it feels too small for it to actually be like a legit. Yeah, for it to be the only thing that brought me this massive fear but my fear is humongous I am so scared of the needle they put in your gums so scared of anything any kind of drilling even when they like poke you in the tooth with that little metal thing Ooh, okay I'm, I'm so sorry you have to listen to me talking about this right now you guys know what I mean the dentist going to the dentist sucks dentists listening I'm sure you're amazing at your job but this shit is hard okay so a year no not a year ago when was that couple years ago man time really flies I had to go and get oral surgery done in Sweden because I have this milk tooth that doesn't have a regular tooth under it and I, I kind of was fine with it for my whole life and then it broke and then they're like okay we're gonna have to put a little implant in like a little screw where they drill into your jaw put a screw there 
wait for it to heal a couple of weeks later, open it up and then they screw on like a fake tooth. Yeah. So I have that. And it was a couple of years ago. And when it happened, it was literally that that surgery for me was, oh, oh, I get tired just thinking about it because it was really, really, really awful. And it was with an amazing dentist who I trust a lot. The one dentist I see in Sweden, I go to her whenever I have anything. So it was not about her at all. It was just the whole scenario around this this dentist thing. And then I had to be, you know, I had to lie flat, flat on my back and it was consecutive things they had to do. And it, it was, it was so, so awful. And I had a moment when I was lying in the chair and I was just kind of, you know, I felt like I was going to faint. I was totally pale, shaking. And I just knew I have no option. Like I can't, I can't not have this done. I need to fix this tooth. There's no possibility. I have to, I have to do it. Like I can't, I can't not do it. Like I have to be here. And I started hyperventilating, but my mouth was pried open and there was two people like the surgeon and the surgeon assistant doing things. And, you know, and you feel so stuck in the dental chair. It's like this real thing. You can't escape. You can't even like breathe properly. It's just, it's really, really hard. And I had a moment of kind of entering a real full-fledged anxiety attack, lying, sit lying there in the chair where all of a sudden I, and it was so palpable, like it was so unbelievably real. I felt the presence of Pepper, of our dog who passed away. It was like a year after he had passed away. And I just sort of, I felt his presence in the room. And all of a sudden it felt like someone had put a thick blanket on top of me. That was the feeling. And I had my eyes closed and it was like someone put a thick blanket on top of me. And I, I could feel it was like Pepper was lying on top of my body with his whole, and he was a big, big kind of lab looking dog. You know, like a weight, weighted blanket, like that was the feeling. So my logical mind was like, okay, they're noticing that I'm having an anxiety attack and they put a weighted blanket on me to calm me. That was like my logical mind was thinking. But in my heart, I just, I just knew I'm like, Pepper, Pepper's here to help me like his presence was just there to help me not have this or get out of this anxiety attack so I felt him on my chest and I felt his whole calming presence of just unbelievable you know the support you get from your dog that's unlike any other support or love that you could ever find anywhere in the world like that presence and and he was really heavy on my chest and it just completely calmed me like I was just I just let go completely and I started crying but it was like a quiet cry and it was that was it and then when I opened my eyes, I was like going to reach out and kind of point and be like, thank you for the blanket, you know, to the, to the dentist, dental assistant. And then I opened my eyes and there was no blanket. <laughs> I could cry just speaking the story. There was nothing, you know, like they were just working away, staring into my mouth. Like they didn't know that I was having a panic attack. I was lying there frozen. They had no idea, you know, so it was just so palpable, so real and I, and I left that experience, like not knowing if it made it worse or better, like that fear of the dentist that I had. But that's the last thing I did anything ever, like, you know, any kind of thing. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I'm always asked questions about my hair routine, but to be honest, I don't really do much about it. To me, simple is better. It's too frustrating having bottles on bottles of products piling up in your bathroom. But what if you had one shampoo and one conditioner that worked perfectly for your hair? That's why I like Function of Beauty. Their shampoos and conditioners are customized and individually filled just for you. With Function of Beauty, you take their hair profile quiz, select your color and fragrance. You can opt for dye-free and fragrance-free too. And they'll individually formulate hair products 
for you based on your hair type, hair goals, and preferences. The products are so personalized that your name is even printed on the bottle. You can be sure these products are great for your hair and for you. Function of Beauty never uses sulfates, parabens, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredient. They care about our animals too, and Function of Beauty is 100% vegan and cruelty-free, something that is very dear to my heart. Instead of trying a million things, try something that's actually made for you. Take care of yourself and your hair with Function of Beauty. My listeners will receive 20% off of their first order and to redeem, head to functionofbeauty.com slash yogagirl to take the hair profile quiz right now. That's functionofbeauty.com slash yogagirl for 20% off of your custom formula. So when I got there yesterday, and this is a dental clinic in Aruba, I've never been for a proper thing in Aruba or for a thing that had to be done. And I just was there for the checkup. And I was like, I had it in my head already. This guy's going to be like, oh, this is no big deal. Here's like a saline solution you can rinse with and then you'll be fine. And I get in there. <laughs> and my assistant, Courtney, was in the waiting room with me. I get in there and he sits me down and he takes a little tiny little dental mirror, you know the thing? He looks for like half a second. Like it was the quickest little peek into the back of my mouth half a second and he's like oh yeah yeah this has to come out and I was like what do you mean he's like well yeah it's it's actually pretty far out already and there's just not enough space in your mouth and you know it's 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 gonna get worse this pain it has to come out and I was like no 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 I actually I have a huge fear of, of the dentist and then he looked at me and he smiled he says me really <laughs> and I just kind of automatically liked him. I don't know. He was this kind of older man, very distinguished looking, like kind of handsome with white hair, white beard. I don't know. He just had this very calming presence. And when I was on my way or kind of right before I left the house to go to my appointment, my friend Ashley, she wrote and she said, hey, if you're going to get checked up with your teeth, because I told her what was going on because she had some tooth stuff a few months ago. She said, make sure whoever is there present about to do any kind of work in your mouth that you trust them like that your spirit trusts them. It's very spiritual work, like dental work is we keep our teeth our entire lives. So she was telling me that, you know, our tooth stuff relates to past lives. It's really, really, really intense because we really, it's like one of the things in our mouths that we, in our bodies that we just keep really forever. And it relates to a lot of old wounds. And she just said that, like, make sure whoever's there in the room who's going to be, be doing this work you know, on you, that you trust them, that you feel some sort of recognition. If you don't, if it feels bad, if you have this gut feeling of, mm -mm, if they're like, you know, really rushing you or if they're whatever, if it doesn't feel good, then walk away. Don't do it. And then I see this guy and he's just inspiring such trust right away. And then he made that joke. I was like, I'm really scared of the dentist. He's like, what, me? <laughs> like I was making it personal. And I was like, no, I'm sure you're a very nice guy. I just really, you know, I, I, I really cannot take needles. I cannot take any of this, you know, okay. So I, I, I Googled wisdom tooth stuff. And the first thing that came up was two week recovery and facial bruising and swelling. And, you know, sometimes like the roots can be kind of tangled in with your nerves and all this stuff. And the guy looked at me, he was like, oh no, I'll do this right now. It, it'll be over in three minutes. It, it's done. And I was like, what, what do you mean right now? He's like, well, if you want, you can come back tomorrow, but that's just going to be 24 more hours of you worrying about this. He's like, you're here now. Let's do it. <laughs> and he was so confident and upbeat. Like I've never... I don't know. He's, it was kind of the way he said it was like, this is the most logical thing to do. Let's just take it out right now. And he was so confident and upbeat about it that I was like, okay. 
<laughs> but I had planned that if I'm ever going to have this tooth taken out, I need to prepare. I need to come with Dennis to hold my hand. I need to meditate on this shit. I need to really, really, really think about it because this is serious stuff and I'm so terrified. And I was just like, let's do it right now. And then I was like, can I get my friend who's in, who's in the waiting room? And he's like, why? I'm like, to, to hold my hand. He's like, okay, yeah, let's go. And then I got Courtney and she's like, what's happening? I'm like, they're doing it right now. She's like, they're doing, they're doing what? They're doing, they're, they're doing the surgery right now. And she's, she's like, what? What do you mean right now? But the appointment is another day. What? what? And then I'm just lying there. And then he takes the needle out. He comes with two needles and I see them and I'm like, okay, can I have the numbing thing that you give for kids? You know, they have like a numbing cream before the needle. And he said, no, you don't need it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he looks me in the eye and he goes, you're not going to feel this. And I'm like, that's a lie. And he says, I never lie. You're not going to feel this. This does not hurt. And then I reached my hand out and I was like, will you shake my hand? looking me in the eye, guaranteeing this won't hurt. And he looks me in the eye, shakes my hand and says, I guarantee it. And I was like, I don't know who this man is, but I trust him (laughs) infinitely. So I just lay back. I hold Courtney's hand. He puts the local anesthesia in and I don't feel anything. Like I didn't feel the prick of the needle. I don't know how, how he did it. So he said afterwards he'd been a dentist for 40 years. I guess he had a little bit of experience, but... I know how he did it. I felt nothing. And then it's just like my mouth is going more and more numb. And then I kind of thought like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to wait like 30 minutes for all of this to really settle. And then I guess he's going to bring a nurse or like not a nurse, like an assistant. And they're going to bring a whole thing and, you know, sterile. I don't know. I don't know. I had this idea in my head of this massive kind surgery thing that they're going to do. And then he just takes some sort of device that I can't see what it is because I'm looking in the ceiling trying to breathe puts it in my mouth and I hear like a, (laughs) like I hear the root up in my head. And it was maybe two seconds. Like it was literally two seconds. He just took the tooth, wiggled it and pulled it out. And that was that. The whole thing, like from the moment that I stepped in and sat down in the chair until I left was like, I don't know, maybe six minutes. (laughs) It was un fucking believable it was unbelievable like he put the needle in my gums and I think two minutes after that the tooth was gone like the tooth was out I was like in there said hi and all of a sudden my wisdom tooth was out and it was like he's like do you want to keep it and I was like I was in so such I don't know I was in total shock I couldn't believe how easy it was I couldn't believe how fast it was I couldn't believe how pain-free it was this was not a big deal and I know for some people it absolutely is it wasn't a big deal for me and I I would have spent probably 23 days in this teacher training with this pain totally worried about is it gonna get worse would I have to have the surgery what is it I would have I would have been googling every night webmding complications of wisdom tooth extraction like I would have really freaked myself out and instead it was just in tooth out and that was it <laughs> like and I'm looking at this guy I was like is this that's it he's like yeah you're good to go and I just I'm like I I love you <laughs> and I'm all delirious not with drugs because I didn't get any gas or anything like that I just had the only thing they gave me was the numbing thing for your gums that's it but I felt completely high afterwards just with the delirium of of the shock that this happened so quickly and that it was over so fast and that it didn't hurt and that 
I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not scared of the dentist anymore. I don't know. I feel like this was a tremendously healing thing for me. And the guy goes, do you want to take the tooth home? And I was like, absolutely I do. And he, I don't think he expected me to say yes. He was like, oh, okay, I'll get a box. And then he comes back and they have these little, little plastic tooth shaped boxes that they put your teeth in. And I... <laughs> And I like turn around and I look at Courtney with this holding this box <laughs> with my tooth in. And I was like, can you believe this shit? This is the fucking craziest shit ever. The fact that there is a little factory somewhere that makes these little tooth shaped boxes for your teeth to go in at the dentist. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I could not believe it. And then like that was like that was it. I just thanked the guy and I left and Courtney was like I feel like I need to drive you home not because of pain but because of the shock that this happens so fast and I was like okay you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl Having some time off is a great time for going to the movies. A few weeks ago, Dennis and I took Lea Luna to see her first movie on the big screen. I wasn't sure how she would act, but she was mesmerized the entire time. Now, she can't stop talking about seeing big movies. She tells the story to everyone. Dennis and I love to watch movies together at home too after the baby has fallen asleep. Maybe Dennis and Lea Luna don't always agree on what movie to watch, but there's one thing they do always agree on. You can't watch a movie without popcorn. I like to make my own vegan popcorn from scratch for the family. It's always a huge hit and it's so easy. I use coconut oil, pink Himalayan sea salt, a little bit of pepper, and of course, Bob's Red Mill white popcorn. To me, classic and simple is always the best, but Dennis likes to experiment with a ton of flavor. You can always experiment and kick it up a notch with any other spices that you love. Making popcorn is super simple, delicious, and it makes movie nights much more tasty. Bob's Red Mill products are my total favorites because I know I can trust them. Their foods are healthy, delicious, minimally processed, everything I gravitate towards. Bob's Red Mill is great for every occasion, especially nights at the movies with the ones you love. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yoga girl right now and you can enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. The whole ride home, I'm like delirious. Like I did a little Instagram story. I'm like, this is a moment for me to return to Instagram because I am, I cannot believe that this just happened. And I sound like I just watched it today. I sound completely high. Like I look and sound, of course, my face is numb and I'm biting down on this, this, I guess, cotton thing. He was like, you have to bite it for 30 or 45 minutes or whatever. So I can't really speak. So that didn't really help. Like I couldn't laugh. Like I look like a stoned person, like full on, like one of those post-dentist dentist hilarious things I was not high you guys <laughs> I got like a hundred people writing me like whatever you're on I want some of that <laughs> I'm like I'm not on anything <laughs> I'm literally not on anything and then you know I come home I'm like okay I guess I have to eat soup now forever and how long is this gonna last and all I did was it started getting a little painful like when the numbing thing wore off and I was like okay I'm gonna take some ibuprofen just in case. And I'm just assuming I'm going to be up all night with this unbelievable pain. Maybe I won't be able to talk tomorrow. What if my whole face swells up? And I'm like, you know, envisioning this kind of, it's going to get, because it was so easy. I'm like, it's going to, it's going to get bad now. And then the pain wasn't even that bad. I took an ibuprofen, went to bed. I iced it in the evening and I woke up this morning, totally normal. <laughs> I have no swelling. <laughs> I have no pain. I have no wisdom tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. And I just, I, 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 I don't know. I, I kind of feel like how 
we blow things up in our heads, especially the things that scare us, especially the things that have been hard in the past. And we take them and we make them into this big thing. And we kind of tell ourselves that I can't do that. Or, or maybe we even perpetuate that story by telling the world, oh, I don't, I can't do the dentist. Oh no, I'm super scared of heights or uh, 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 I can't do that. Oh no, no, no. I don't do that anymore. I, I don't like roller coasters. I'm super scared of the ocean. I can't swim. I, I'll never learn that. Like we have these stories of the things that we can't do, the things we're scared of, the things that we feel are impossible, the things that aren't meant for us, but actually like what if all of that began as a tiny seed of something tiny little seed that did not even matter like maybe was not even related to actual truth and then we tell ourselves and other people that story for so long that it becomes truth now looking back at it now I'm like why have I been so scared of the dentist like actually the only thing I had was that one moment it wasn't even that bad you know and it's just I think my storytelling of how scared I am has made this mountain of fear in front of me. And I built it into this huge thing that even the thought of having my wisdom tooth ever extracted has filled me with unbelievable anxiety. And I feel like I had this moment of just absolute, this was a divine moment for me. Like this dentist at this moment in time that I decided to go to the emergency one, which is not my thing. I would never choose to go wait two hours when I could just go for an appointment and be there on time. That to me is a giant waste of time. I did that. I don't know why. Walked in there, it just happened, it's done, and now I feel I feel unbelievable relief. I feel like this was just a total total moment of healing. <laughs> I don't know if it's making any sense right now, but I'm getting goosebumps as I say it, and that it's making me question, what else do I have in my life where I've told myself I'll never do that? What other areas of my life do I have where I've gone that's not for me? I'll never be able to pull that off or I'm super terrified of that thing. So scared of that. I'll never do it. Never, ever, ever. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to need like an army of support. You know, I'm going to need to prep and plan and make it into a whole project. And then maybe I can I can do it if I set it up perfectly. We're actually, matter of fact, it's just I could just go and do it and it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> What other areas am I creating issues where actually there are none? Or where am I holding on to fear where actually I'm not that scared? The stories we tell ourselves have so much power. I think honestly, the stories we tell ourselves have more power than the reality of the situation that we're in. Honestly, it's not just what happens to us. And sometimes shitty things happen and then they're over, right? That's the thing about shitty things is they happen and then they end, they happen and they're over and we keep them alive by taking them with us into the next day, right? And part of that is the process of healing that we have to carry the memory of that or the remembrance of that or, you know, the caveman instinct to not stick our hands in the fire or to run when there's a lion there, that fight or flight. Like, yes, yeah, sometimes it's important that we carry with us a healthy fear of certain things. But when it starts to take over our lives, when it starts to inhibit our ability to make healthy choices, when it holds us back in relationships, when it holds us back in life, like, no, we got to look at that shit. We got to look at that shit. And then maybe once in a while, once in a blue moon, once in a freakish two weeks of no social media and no phone devices in your face, God opens up a little opportunity and hands you like Jesus in a dentist coat then you say yes and you go for it. Like when that moment happens, because what if we're presented with those moments all the time? Like a little door opening of, hey, let's do that right now. That thing you think you can't do, let's do it. Come on, rip the bandaid, go. 
And actually, at the end of the day, it didn't kill us, right? It didn't kill us then. It's not going to kill us now. Looking it square in the eye, putting ourselves in that space of realizing that, hey, I can be immensely uncomfortable and sit here and do it anyway and then come out the other side and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Actually, it was I'm not going to say awesome because obviously I've had more awesome moments in my life than extracting a tooth, but actually I could totally do it. I could lie there and breathe and trust and be. (laughs) I'm holding my hands out right now to the sky as if I'm waiting for something to drop into the palms of my hands and kind of that's what I'm feeling for the whole universe right now. If I just put my hands out in front of me and I ask for what I need I'll receive it. And that goes for you too. Really, that goes for you too. Whatever it is that you're lacking right now, whatever it is that you need in your life right now, whatever is missing, whatever is not working, close your eyes, hold your hands out to the sky and ask, 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 ask. That is the essence of what prayer is. And for me, the past couple of months, I've been asking for healing and healing and healing and healing. And I think the universe is giving me a lot of obstacles on the way to get there. You know, (laughs) if it was easy, everybody would do it. (laughs) It's not going to happen without the lessons we have to learn, right? It's not going to happen without us having to go through the trenches and go through the difficult shit and have our eyes open because they need to be open now, not later, but right now. So whatever you're moving through is here for something. And we have to invite that little bit of trust so that we can lean back in that dentist chair, your office chair, in your family, your life, like whatever it is, wherever you are, to loosen your grip a little bit, to soften, lean back and let go. I took a great yoga class the other week where the teacher, Annie, she said, You don't have to let go right now. Letting go is really hard, but at least loosen your grip. Right now, we can all do that right now. Loosen your grip. Release a little bit of control. Let your shoulders drop. The universe has got you. There's people in your life right now that have your back. You're not alone and you have so much more power than you actually think. So change that story. So grateful that you listened to this crazy story. (laughs) So happy that you're here. Just my heart is overflowing right now with gratitude for, for you, for this world, for the challenges and the beauty that my life is putting in my path right now because I feel everything is for something. And ain't that the truth. Wishing you a really beautiful rest of this day and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find them all on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you normally get your shows. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Casper, Bob's Red Mill, and Function of Beauty. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.